Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Today we're going to learn the meaning of two important words. And we should learn these because you and I are the targets of those who would apply one and remove the other. The first is paternalism. The second is autonomy. What do they mean and why should we care? Come and Reason Ministries is the sponsor of this program and Dr. Jennings joins us via Skype to act as our professor in residence. Dr. Jennings, autonomy and paternalism, educate us. So paternalism, as you can see, has the root parent Mm -hmm. or paternity, parent paternity, means this idea of a philosophy in which there are people who are elites or more knowledgeable or more wise than the masses, and they need to make decisions for the benefit and the protection of the masses because the masses themselves aren't intelligent enough, educated enough, wise enough to be able to make decisions for themselves. So we need a ruling group over us in order to protect us from our own ignorance and foolishness. And they need to set rules for us and just tell us the answers, basically. Autonomy is the philosophy in which we value the individuality of people. We believe that they have the capacity for self-governance and we want to educate them. We want to empower them with evidences, facts, reason, wisdom, and then leave them free to make the decision that works best in their own life. And what you see in society today is a great struggle between paternalism and autonomy. And you can see this across the landscape and understand there's a difference of the impact on your mind between the practice of these two philosophies. Now, it's not only are there people in leadership who prefer these, there are actually many people. There are people that I know who prefer to have someone to tell them what to do. Mm. They don't want to think. They don't want to have the stress. They don't want to have the responsibility. Just give me the answer, teacher. Just tell me what to do, how far to go, when to turn left, when to turn right, when to jump. Tell me the answer so I can be safe. I just want to be safe. I don't want to be called out. I don't want to get in trouble. And so there are many people in our society that really prefer somebody over them to just make them feel safe, provide a shelter for them, give them the answers. They don't want to have to to pursue it themselves. There are many others, though, both in leadership and in society, who are more individualistic, who love to think for themselves, who want to make decisions, who don't want to be told the answer. They want to figure it out. And so you see this tension in our society. And the impact on your mind is quite different. It's quite interesting that in, in the Bible, in Hebrews 5.14, it says that the mature are those who have developed by practice the ability to discern the right from the wrong. This is describing a design law from God, uh, and the design law from God is the law of exertion. If you want something to get stronger, you must exercise it, because if you don't use it, you will lose it. This is one of God's design laws. And if you want strong math ability, you got to work problems. Strong music skill, you got to play your instrument. If you want good critical reasoning skills, you've got to critically reason. You've got to think. You've got to solve problems. You've got to work stuff out. So if you go down the path of paternalism, paternalism is actually antagonistic to God's design. God's design is to present us the truth, present truth and love, leave people free. Paul says in Romans, let every person be fully persuaded in their own mind. There is the requirement for us to weigh, think, and come to understand how reality works. That's how we grow and mature. 
That's the path of autonomy. That's the path of health. That's a path of God's design. Paternalism is only helpful for children, and I mean actual children, Mm -hmm. the three-year-old, the four-year-old, the five-year-old, the nine-year-old. They need parents to oversee and guide and instruct and sometimes just set boundaries and say no because I said so because you're not capable of understanding yet. But the goal of a healthy parent, I hope, is not to raise children who when they're 25, the parent is still telling them, go brush your teeth because I said so. The goal is to help the children to come mature so they can figure out life's problems and make intelligent, wise decisions that are healthy for them, irrespective of whether the parent is around to tell them the answer or not. Paternalism in society is crippling and hurting people's minds. It is working to tell them what to do, but not educating them on the the, the benefit. And it's teaching them to invest trust in people who may not actually be trustworthy. Well, we'll trust the science. We'll trust the scientists. We'll trust the experts. We don't know. We haven't been to college. We can't figure this out. That's really unhelpful approaches for leaders to take. The better approach is this is the knowledge we have. This is what the evidence suggests. This is what we know so far, and this is what we recommend. But circumstances are different for different people, and not everyone is at the same risk from this situation. And therefore, you may not need to take these actions, but these actions should be used. We recommend these actions in these circumstances and then leave people free. But that's not what's happening in our society today. There's a strong move towards paternalism across the landscape, which ultimately becomes authoritarianism, Mm -hmm. where you lose freedoms. And if you try to be an individual and use your own judgment, then you get punished by an external ruling authority, which will cause people to cower and be intimidated and begin to conform, which undermines, again, the development of your mind and damages your critical reasoning ability. I will give you an example where this has happened. It's happened in science. It's happened in our higher education when it comes to the teaching of the origins of life. Mm -hmm. It is now an accepted fact, but it's actually a lie that life originated on its own without an intelligent designer. The science has actually disproven that. It's fraudulent. It's factually false. In order for there to be life, you have to have physical matter, you have to have energy, and you have to have coded information, which is in the DNA, every form of life. Every scientist who looks at this knows this. While we might have some explanations that have never been proven in science of how we could get the physical matter, the DNA molecules, the DNA molecules are like letters in the alphabet. Letters in the alphabet just laying around are not actionable. In order for them to be used in any meaningful way, they have to be arranged into words, and those words have to be arranged into sentences, and those sentences have to be arranged into paragraphs and chapters and books, and then we can have a library, and then that library can be used to share information. Well, that's what our DNA is. The DNA in every living organism is a library of coded information, and there is no way possible information can code itself without an intelligence, and every reasoning scientist knows it, yet they deny it, and they continue to teach the lie that there is no evidence of intelligent design. It is quite corrupt. It damages the mind. The only way the scientists continue to go forward is by rejecting evidence that refutes their lie. And this damages their own mind and they become less capable of discerning. And then we're told to trust these people who are in science who aren't even willing to accept the evidences that are before them. Hmm. Dr. Jennings, let me take you back to a scene when Moses was at the Sea of Reeds and he was lifting his staff above his head and the waters were parting, wasn't that a group of people in dire need of paternalism at that time? And could we safely say that God's 
act of paternalism on their behalf was a way for him to move them from paternalism to autonomy later in life. Wouldn't you say that? Well, I'm glad you said that, but you have to remember, who are you dealing with there? You're dealing with people who had been in bondage of slavery. Yes, yes. They were not educated. They were not allowed to have free thought. They were treated as animals. In other words, they were trained to do what you're told. Do what the master says. Don't ask questions. Don't ask why. Don't understand. The master says, run, you run. The master says, jump, you jump. So he's taking people who have spent 400 years in slavery who don't have the capacities for self-direction and thinking in the way that he would want them to have it. And so, yes, at that point in time, he becomes a gracious paternalistic person who begins to lead them in that way for the goal of leading them out of slavery and leading them to the full development of the stature of Jesus Christ, that they ultimately have the mind of Christ where they can be mature and discern the right from the wrong themselves. So what I'm saying is, is it possible for God to act both ways, but his end goal, the reason why he's doing the paternalism is to bring us to the autonomy. You will find God acting in many different ways depending on who he's dealing with. Just like a loving parent will yes. treat their three-year-old different than they treat their 33-year-old. There you go. Paternalism is mature and healthy when dealing with actual children. Okay, all right. But it is not healthy when dealing with people who have the capacity to think for themselves and obstructs their actual growth and development. If you have somebody, say, with Down syndrome, they might need paternalism their entire life. Mm -hmm. But if you had a child who does not have Down syndrome, has normal capacities and abilities, and you treat them with that same paternalism, then you obstruct their development and you injure them. And so in society today, this idea of paternalism as a way to govern is quite destructive to the masses. And we see this quite significantly when it comes to how society is handling the COVID rules. What you described earlier with God and dealing with Moses was a historic point in time. In our world today, it is not that way. The paternalism that we have today come from churches and religious authoritarianism, Ah. which is no different than paternalism of the left that we're seeing in society. Paternalism from the right with a a religious authoritarianism is just as abusive to the mind. It teaches people to obey. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Here's your rules. Obey, keep, do. Mm -hmm. It's just as destructive to the mind as what we're seeing with paternalism in the political society from the left. So paternalism on either side is only valuable for actual children. Any adult Mm -hmm. who has a religious organization or structure that treats you paternal should not interpret this as God is trying to lead me. He's not. By the time you're an adult, you should be able to begin reasoning and thinking, and God wants you to understand, and he comes and says, come, let us reason together, though your sins are like scarlet. He wants you to comprehend. He wants you to question. He wants you to ask. He wants you to search. He wants you to understand. So paternalism is out the door unless you have been held in bondage through your childhood and you come in into freedom as a child still, then God will meet you there. But that's not the majority of people in our world today. That's so good because anybody right now that is questioning their ability to understand God, God is not going to show up and just say, do this, do that, do this, do that. He's going to say, let's reason together. Sit down here and let me educate you. Let me teach you how to be the person that you can be and how to be the person that you want to be. Am I right in saying that? That's 
that's beautiful said because that's the only way love grows. Yes, if you're yes. just having an authoritarian rule giver who is uh, acting paternalistically, do it because I said so or else yeah. you'll be punished, it will destroy love. It will damage your mind. You'll become enfeebled. But if you are reasoned with by the God who built reality, then you are one to every person be persuaded in their own mind. You're one. And you go, oh, that makes sense to me. Oh, I want to do that. Not only do you retain your freedom and grow and mature, you have love for the one who led you through the truth rather than just giving you a rule to follow. I have a little saying that I tell myself every once in a while. When I ask God for something, when I ask God to do something, I've come to the conclusion that most of the time he doesn't say yes and he doesn't say no. He says, here's how. God is in the habit of teaching us, of educating us, of guiding us through the process we need to go through to learn what we need to learn to accomplish what we want to accomplish. In the general principle you described, you're exactly right. He leads us to understand the realities of his kingdom so that we can make intelligent choices to cooperate with him. And as we do that, then we experience health, happiness, and well-being. As we deviate from his design, even ignorantly, we will experience some type of discomfort or, or unhappiness happiness or, or pain, and, and that leads us to step back and go, okay, what, what happened here? Mm. This is what God meant to Paul. It's, it's painful to kick against the thorns. Yes. That pain is not a punishment inflicted. It's the consequence of doing something out of harmony from what's healthy, and that pain alerts us so that we can actually get back into harmony with what's healthy. Mm. So, listener, I wish for you autonomy in your life, in your relationship with God, and the world is not doing that, it's not showing it correctly, and Dr. Jennings has made that very clear for us today. Dr. Jennings, any final words for us on this program? Yes, with autonomy, that means we present truth and love, we leave people free, we become thinkers, and we don't seek to control other people through coercive pressures. We want to persuade them and and develop them. Mm. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries, and they have a website, comeandreason.com. Listener, lots of good resources there for you, books and tracks and television programs and radio podcasts and Dr. Jennings' blogs. Lots of wonderful material. I want to tell you about something real quick here. There's a product called The Remedy. I want you to go and I want you to find out about The Remedy. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Just go and find out about it because I think it'll bring a lot of joy and comfort into your heart and into your life. That's called The Remedy at comeandreason.com. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together.